What's up, guys? Welcome to the Engaged ASU podcast. We are an on-campus ministry here at Jacksonville State University. We want to see God's kingdom come here at JSU as it is in heaven. Woo, how y'all doing tonight? Man, hey, so, so, so good to see you. Um, man, I am, I'm so glad to be here this week with you guys. Um, before we get started, I just want to give you guys a huge thank you. Um, if you weren't here last week, I wasn't either. Um, the reason is because my mother-in-law passed away last Saturday night. And I was told that you guys uh, came together and spent some time praying for us. And so I just want to say thank you for that. Uh, thank you so much for just going before God and asking him for peace and comfort during this, this very difficult time. Um, we we're on a long road. We know that. Me and my wife understand that, but, but we also understand that God's going to be with us every step of the way. So thank you guys. Thank you guys for, for, for praying for us. Thank you for thinking about us. And if you continue to have us pop in your mind here and there down the road, please spend some time just praying for us, asking that God would give us peace and comfort and just kind of meet us in the midst of, of this craziness that's happening. Um, but once again, thank you guys so much. If you have your Bibles, you can open those up to Genesis chapter 2. That's where we're going to be hanging out tonight is in Genesis chapter 2 as we continue in the series, The Art of Saying No. And so just a quick week recap, what we've kind of been doing in this series is we've been talking about how we live in this society where we're afraid to say no, right, for different reasons, uh, for conflict or because we're going to let somebody down, disappointment, that kind of stuff. And so, so often we just find ourselves always saying yes. But the first week of this series, we looked at a passage of Scripture where Jesus was asked to do something miraculous. He was asked to do something that looked so good in order. He was asked to heal this demon-possessed little girl. But we see that he constantly told this woman no. And so what we see there is even though we're afraid to say yes, Jesus isn't. And eventually he tells this woman yes, but he does that. And because he said no, his yes meant something. And so this whole series is based upon this idea of of learning to say no the way that Jesus does. Because if we want to be more like him, we have to learn to do that. And so two weeks ago, we talked about doubt, something that we usually say yes to. And we talked about how if we want to learn the art of saying no to doubt, we say no to what we see so that we can say yes to what we believe. And so tonight, we're going to talk about something else that we usually say yes to. And we're going to see how... We can say no to it. So Genesis chapter 2, we're going to get to that a little bit later on, but that's going to help us do that as we kind of continue to walk through the series. So the way that classes were set up where I went to college was amazing. So I went to Kennesaw State over in the Atlanta area, and the vast majority of classes were offered Monday through Thursday. So when you took a class and you signed up for one, usually it met Monday, Wednesday for an hour and a half, or it meant Tuesday, Thursday for an hour and a half. So most classes weren't meeting on Friday. So the majority of the semesters that I took in college, I never had a Friday class. And it was amazing. Because as you can imagine, Thursday nights were like Friday nights for us. And then Friday was just this extra day that we had to do whatever we wanted to with. I mean, it was just so good. It was just such a great setup. One of the big benefits of going to that school. But usually about one semester out of your four years there, you'd get forced to take a Friday class. Because they did offer some three-hour classes on Friday. 
And so as you got kind of higher in your major, you get stuck taking this Friday class. It was almost like this dreadful rite of passage that everybody kind of had to go through before they graduated. And so my time came senior year. The class was visual communication, and it sounds just as interesting as it sounds, or it was just as interesting as it sounds. And it was with a professor that I had never heard of before. I tried to look her up and rank my professor, couldn't find anything. So I kind of walk into this class on the first day, not too sure what's going to happen. So I get in and I sit down. And as I'm sitting there, this really young grad student walks in. And she gets up in the front of the class and she tells us that she's going to be our professor. So I'm like, okay, okay. I mean, th- this has the potential to be good, right? Because this is somebody who's young, somebody who's close to our age, right? She's still a student, so maybe she isn't going to be as demanding as some of the seasons professors that I've had. So she gets up and she starts teaching. About an hour into this class, she stops and she dismisses us and we leave two hours early, right? Which is cool, but I mean, the first day of class, that's kind of expected, right? I mean, you expect to get out early. Not quite that early, but, but early. So we show up the next week. I get there. This time she lectures for about 90 minutes, wraps up class, she sends us out. So now it's kind of surprising, but obviously appreciated. And then I throw, show up the third week. We sit down, she lectures for about an hour and a half, and once again, she lists us out halfway through, an hour and a half early. So this third week, right, I'm walking out and I'm like, hey, right? <laughs> because I'm starting to see this reoccurring theme happening here, right? I'm starting to see something, and you can call your boy McDonald's because I'm loving it, right? Like, that's that's where I am. (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, like, I just hit the jackpot, and I got the best Friday class that could have been offered. But the dancing didn't last very long. Because when we showed up to class the next week, it became very clear that somebody who was much more important than our grad student professor found out what was happening and was like, bro, you can't be doing that. Because every single class after that for the rest of the semester, even though the content was still only around 90 minutes, right, even though it was only still about half the class worth of material, she met a stay the entire time. I mean, it was miserable, right? It was like being in high school again, right? When you get done with all your work early and then you just have to sit there and wait for the class to end, right, for the bell to ring. And so very quickly, this class went from being great to being a great waste of time. And it finally reached this low point (laughs) when one Friday, which was a week before we were going to have a test, this professor is struggling so bad to fill time, that she's Googling smiley faces. Like seriously, that's what she's doing. Hey class, you guys see this one? This one's winking at us. Hey, let's see if we can find that one that blows that heart kiss, right? I mean, like, I mean, that's what she was doing. I mean, she was just Googling these different, face, these different smiley faces to the point that somebody who was apparently fed up with having their time wasted eventually raised their hand. And she was like, hey, professor, instead of doing this, how about we talk about that test that we're going to have next class? 
and the entire class just erupted with applause. No, I'm just kidding. That didn't happen. That would have been nice of that, but it didn't happen. But honestly, that wouldn't have been surprising, really, because we were just so frustrated with everything that was happening in this class, so frustrated with it. I mean, we just felt like sitting in this class for the entire time was just so irritating, it was so frustrating when we could have been doing something else that was so much more important than that. So much more important than giggling smiley faces. And I know you guys have all been in situations like that before. You've all been in situations where you felt like something or someone was wasting your time. Right? Maybe like me, it was a pointless class where the professor just sits there and they tell stories the entire time. They don't teach you any content. Right? Or maybe it's spending an entire morning in the doctor's office only to find out you have a head cold even though WebMD made you think that you were dying. Right, or maybe, maybe even this, maybe, see if you guys can relate to this, maybe even it's spending a Saturday afternoon for three hours watching your favorite team lose to LSU. Right? Is that too soon? I'm sorry, is that too soon? My bad, my bad. I'll wait and just bring that up again next week. All right, but all those situations have the same thing in common, right? You're doing something, and you feel like you're being so unproductive because you could be doing something that is so much more important. Right? And this desire not to want to waste our time becomes even more of a big deal when you get to college. Because as you guys know, when you get to college, your life reaches a whole new level of crazy. Right? I mean, not only are you taking classes and not only are you making decisions that are going to impact the rest of your life, but most of you for the first time, you're living on your own. And because paying the bills ain't cheap, right, and adulting isn't easy, you're probably having to get some kind of job. So you're working and you're going to school and you're working and you're going to school and you're doing that. And then, because you want to maintain some kind of respectable level of a social life, right, any other, any other time that you have, you're wanting to either spend time with your squad or you want to hang out with your bae. And then if all of that isn't enough, on top of all that happening, right, you have school activities that you're involved with. Or you have to go home for the weekends in order to spend time with your parents. Not to mention going to church or hanging out on Monday nights with us here at Engage. I mean, so you guys know better than anybody that time is valuable. I mean, juggling work and a social life and a spiritual life and a dating relationship and friends, all that kind of stuff can get so crazy and so hectic, right? Because college life is crazy. And time is valuable. And so often... Because of how hectic our lives are, we find ourselves often just complaining about all the different stuff that we have to do. I'm just wishing that we could take a break to breathe. But we can't. Because we feel like we just don't have any time to spare. Or at least, that's what we tell ourselves. Because let me tell you what I think is so interesting about all of this. So interesting about being busy, something that I've seen so common in my life. What's so crazy to me is even though we find ourselves constantly complaining about how busy we are, we always seem to find a way to stay busy. Even when we don't have to. And if you don't believe me, just imagine this. Imagine that you're hanging out at the TMB and you're meeting with a friend for lunch. And so you show up early. And as you sit there and you're waiting for your friend to show up, what are all of us in the room going to do? Oh, no, no, I'm good. I'm waiting on a friend. Go ahead. 
right? We're going to pull out our phones. We're going to go to Snapchat. We're going to go to TikTok. We're going to go to the ESPN app trying to figure out how our team gave up 46 points this Saturday, right? That's what we're going to do. We're going to do all that different stuff because we can't just sit there. I mean, even though we're waiting two minutes for our friend to show up, in that moment, we have to be doing something. We have to look busy and we have to stay busy. Because we can't just sit still. Right? And what this shows me, what this shows us is even though a lot of the times we're busy because we have to be, I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, we're also busy because we want to be. And the reason we feel this way is because we live in this culture that is constantly telling us that we need to be busy. That constantly is telling us that we need to be doing something. In fact, I read something last week that proves how true this is. This article said that the phrase, I'm just so busy, is the new status symbol. Right? It's our way of telling people that our life matters. Because we think the busier we are, the more valuable we are. We think having a packed out schedule shows other people and it shows ourselves that we're important. And so what that means for all of us in this room, and I know you guys can identify with this, is that the standard that we set for our lives is a busy life. I mean, being busy is just the standard that we live by. Because we feel like anything less than that reflects badly on us. Right? If we're not busy, we think we're being lazy. If we're not busy, we think that we're failing because we could be doing something else. Or if we're not busy, the worst thing is, is we can feel like we're insignificant. And so what we do is we find ourselves saying yes to opportunity after opportunity in order to make sure that our schedule fares full, in order to make sure that we're doing something. So even if we feel like we can't add anything else to our hectic life, for some reason we just keep saying yes to opportunities. We feel like we're just so overwhelmed, but yet we still say yes to go spend a day in Birmingham with our friends. Or we feel like we just can't do anything else, but yet we still find time to go to the gym an extra day a week. And even though we just feel like our plate is so full, we'll find ourselves doing other social clubs and doing things at school because we feel like it's going to look better on our resume. We want to be busy because being busy makes us feel important and it makes us feel valuable. Because what all of this shows is that we're busy because we find significance in a schedule. We find significance in a schedule that is full, that is packed out of all these different things that we have to do. And because we have this mindset that our significance is tied up in a schedule, we feel like we can't take breaks. Because if we're doing that, we're just wasting time. Right? The reason we feel like we don't have time to take breaks is because we feel like that doing it is just a waste of time. Or if we find ourselves actually taking a break, right? we find ourselves maybe getting to the point that we do, if we're honest, the entire time that we're doing it, we feel the same way that I did in that class. We feel like we're just being so unproductive because we could be doing something that's so much more important than this. And so we struggle to relax because we think about all the different things that we can do because we feel like we constantly have to stay busy. 
And because we've listened to this voice in our culture and because we believe this, we find ourselves saying yes to opportunity after opportunity until we get to the point that we're overwhelmed, we're overstressed, and we're overexhausted. And I know you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Because I know many of you in the room, this is where you are tonight. You feel like you just have so much you have to do and you don't have enough time to do it. Because you've said yes and yes and yes and yes to all these different things that have come into your life. And because of that, you're sitting here tonight and you're struggling to find joy. You're struggling to find happiness because you're just so tired. And you have no idea what to do now. Because you found significance in a schedule that you just kept packing full. And so tonight, to help you either avoid this burnout or to help you get out of this burnout. We're going to learn the art of saying no to being busy. And to do that, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 2. And we're going to see what God has to teach us at the final day of creation. So let's read Genesis chapter 2, first several verses together, and then we're going to spend some time in another passage as well. But if you don't have your Bible, we'll have the verses on the screen. You can follow along with us there. But let's read Genesis chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all of his work that he had done in creation. So six days God creates, and on the seventh day he finally rests, right? Something that most of us in this room learned in elementary school. But what we don't talk about is actually how strange this passage is. Because first, what's happening here isn't necessary, right? We know that God is this all-powerful being, so God doesn't have to rest, does he? Plus, it's not like if you look at the different creation days that creating and making stuff was really that hard for God. I mean, he just speaks and things happen. So it's odd that on this last day of creation that God makes rest such a priority that he spends an entire day doing it. Right? We don't talk about that. Right? Something else we don't talk about is the idea that this is the only day that God blesses. This is the only day that God sets apart as unique by calling it holy. Like that's how important God sees this day. So the big question that comes from this passage is why? Right, why does God do this? Why does God make the seventh day so special? Why does God prioritize resting when it isn't something that he has to do? And in order for us to know the answer to that question, we actually have to go years later, hundreds of years later, to Exodus chapter 20, to this time that God has rescued his people out of slavery in Egypt, and now he is building this relationship with him. And as he builds this relationship, he is telling them how they're called to live now, that no longer, now they're, they're, 
living, called to live now. Okay, let me, let me just restart that sentence. All right. <laughs> he is teaching them how to live now, now that God is their king and not Pharaoh. And in the midst of this conversation, Exodus chapter 20, that God is having with his people, God gives them these 10 guidelines or these 10 commandments to tell them how they're now called to live as his people. And in it, this is what God says. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is, in, who is within your gates. So nobody is called to do work on this day. So in this list of commands, in this list of guidelines that God wants his people to do, he tells them to remember the Sabbath, to remember this day of rest, because that's actually what Sabbath literally means. It means this rest period. And God says, one day a week, I want you to do this. One day a week, I don't want you to work. Instead, I want you to rest. I want you to take time to rest in order to replenish yourselves. Because that's just really a simple definition of rest. Rest is doing something that replenishes you. Right? Something that restores your energy. Something that refills your cup after you've been pouring it out. And then after God tells them that he wants them to do this, then in verse 11, he tells them why. It says, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. See, here's our answer. Here's why God makes the seventh day of creation so special and why he makes resting such a big deal. See, God made rest a priority at creation so that he could make rest a pattern for his people later. That's what God's doing here. Because he says, just as I rested during the week of creation, I want you guys to rest during your week. Because I know that you need regular rest periods in your life. And see, even though we aren't living under the old covenant the way the Israelites were, because we're now under a new covenant through Jesus, we can't miss the motivation behind the pattern that God is establishing here. Because the reason that God makes rest a priority isn't because he needs it. It's because we do. Right? God knows that we need these regular rest periods in our life. So even though we might see rest as being lazy or we might see rest as being unproductive, what we have to realize is that God doesn't. Instead, God sees rest as a part of living a godly life. Right? He sees rest as something that's holy. So even though in our lives we prioritize being busy, what the scriptures show us is that God prioritizes rest. Because God knows that rest isn't just something that's good for us to do, right? God knows that by our design, rest is something that we have to do. I mean, that's how we were made. That's how God created us, was to be humans that rest. And so God makes it a priority at creation in order to make it a pattern for his people to follow. 
In fact, rest is so important to God that he makes it one of the top 10 things that he wants his people to do. Think about that. Top 10 things God wants his people to do, and he wants them to take a day to rest. That's how big of a deal it is. God wants us to rest because he knows that we need to be replenished, to be restored in our lives. And see, this is why everything that we're talking about shows how the fact that we constantly say yes to opportunities is such a problem. Because what we see from this passage, what we see from different things, is that rest isn't just something that we might do or that we should do every once in a while or something that we should do periodically, right? Now, rest isn't a maybe. What we see is that rest is a must. But see, we don't treat it that way. And we think, when, you know, when I have some more time, when the semester ends or when my life gets a little bit less chaotic, then I'll take time to rest. But see, whenever we take something that's a must and we make it a maybe, we'll always struggle. Always struggle. Because here's the thing. As long as we find significance in a schedule, we'll never take time to rest. We'll never take time to just take a break. Right? We say that we will when things calm down. We say that we will when life becomes easy. But the reality is, as long as we're finding value as, as a person, as long as we think that our importance is wrapped up, in, wrapped up in how full our schedule is, even when we have time to take a break, even when we have time to rest, in those moments we'll find ourselves pulling out our phone to stay busy. Because it's so engraved in us to do that. So regardless of how packed or unpacked our schedule is, if we're finding significance in it, if we think that we have to be busy, then we'll always find a way to stay busy. And we do this because we haven't learned the art of saying no to being busy. And so if we want to prioritize rest the way that God does, if we want to make it a pattern in our life and just not something that we do periodically, then we have to change how we see rest. We have to see that rest isn't just a maybe that I'll get to if my schedule allows. Instead, we have to see rest is a must that we have to do in our lives. And we also have to realize that for us, rest just isn't a time period. Instead, rest is a person. It's a person who thousands of years ago said anybody who comes to him who is weary and heavy laden, anybody who comes to him who is overwhelmed and overstressed and overexhausted because they just keep saying yes to opportunities, anybody who comes to him who feels like that he will give them rest. And this same person went to a cross and died so that we wouldn't have to stay busy in order to prove to ourselves or to prove to other people that we're significant. Instead, he did everything possible so that your sins could be forgiven. So that you could rest in being a child of God. 
a title that shows how significant you are in the eyes of your Heavenly Father. And so you don't have to pack your schedule to prove something to yourself. You don't have to pack your schedule to prove something to other people. And you don't have to find yourself constantly doing something in order to find significance. Because your significance isn't found in your schedule. Your significance is found in an empty grave. And a God who did everything possible so he could save you. And see, Jesus doesn't just die so that he can give us rest, right? He doesn't just die and rise from the dead to give this to us. Instead, Jesus dies and rises from the dead in order to be your rest. I mean, Jesus is your Sabbath. He is the one that replenishes us. He is the one that restores us. He is the one that gives our soul satisfaction. And through everything that he does on the cross, we can find our significance in who he says that we are. And so we have to learn to see rest as a must. We have to learn to see it as something that we have to do regularly in our lives. Because if you don't find time to rest in your life, your spiritual life will suffer so much. Right? You're trying to find joy. I know so many, so many of you are trying to find joy in your life right now, but you can't because you're overwhelmed. You're overstressed. And you're getting frustrated because your spiritual life isn't where you want it to be. And what you think is that God's the problem, right? Because you can't figure out what's going on, but the problem isn't God. The problem is that you're not living in sync with his plan. God made you to rest. God made you to have regular periods in your life where you take a break and you just chill. That's what you were designed to do. But if you constantly live out of sync with God's life, you will remain overwhelmed, overstressed, and exhausted. Because God made us to rest. That's how he's designed for us to do. But because so often we just listen to this voice in our culture that tells us we need to be busy, we can always rationalize saying no to rest. We can always come up with reasons, even good reasons, why we shouldn't do it. Because of relationships or because of school or because of work or because of all this other stuff that we're going on in our lives. You can always make an excuse not to rest. Always do it. So we have to realize that rest isn't just something that we should do every once in a while, but rest is something that we have to do regularly. Rest is something that is a must in your life. We have to get away from this mindset that it's unproductive or that we're being lazy or that we're being wasteful. Instead, what we have to realize is that rest is a choice. A choice that God has told us that we need to do. And so if you want to learn the art of saying no to being busy, you have to learn to say no to opportunities so you can say yes to rest. Because again, rest isn't something that we just might do. Rest has to be something that we always do regularly. Because the reason that we don't see rest as something that's important is because it's not a priority to us. The reason rest is not a pattern in our life is because it's not a priority to us.
Because if you want to see what's the priority in your life, all you have to do is look at your patterns. What are things that you do regularly? What are things that you make time for? That is a priority in your life. And so until we see rest as something that we have to do, we, have, we will never make it a pattern because our patterns show our priorities. So learn to make rest, regular rest, a priority in your life. So here's my challenge to you. As we wrap up and as we walk out of this place, here's my challenge to you. Be intentional about resting regularly. Be intentional about what I call Sabbath moments, right? Sabbath moments are times in our life that we just unplug and we just rest, right? Things that we do in our life that replenish us, that restore us, that refill us, right? So for me, something that restores me, something that I can find rest in is watching TV. And when I can just turn on the TV and just shut my brain off and just watch the screen, that's how I rest. That's how I restore myself. That's how I gain energy, And so on Tuesday nights, I have a Sabbath moment. On Tuesday nights, I don't think about everything I need to do. I don't think about work. I don't think about the busyness of my life. I don't think about all the thousand things that I need to do Wednesday morning. Instead, I sit down on a TV, I turn it on, and I chill. I have a Sabbath moment. I have a regular rest period in my life. And so my challenge to you is to create one for yourself. Because again, you can always come up with excuses not to rest. You can always come up with excuses to have your schedule full. But if you want to live in sync with God's plan for you, if you want to live in sync with how God has designed you, then you have to learn to rest. Or you'll continue to be overwhelmed and overstressed and exhausted. So think to yourself, what is something that replenishes you? What is something that you do that restores your energy? Something that you enjoy doing that gets you filled back up, right? Maybe like me, it's watching TV or maybe it's gaming or maybe it's journaling or maybe it's watching a movie or maybe it's riding a bike, maybe it's going to the gym. Whatever it is, find something in your life where you can just disconnect from the world, disconnect from all the priorities and you can just take time to rest, Because when you have a busy schedule and you take time to rest, what you are saying to God is that I am trusting you right now more than what's going on in my life, right? Because again, we can always make time for more stuff. And so by resting, we're saying, God, I'm trusting your pattern. I'm trusting something that you have made a priority, right? Because if God's rest and he sets up that priority, we should too. So choose to be intentional about resting. Choose to be intentional about taking breaks where you can replenish yourself. Learn to say no to opportunities so that you can say yes to rest. And you can bring peace in your life. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to come and talk about our desire to rest, to talk about this desire and this pattern, Lord, this priority that you've set up in our lives. And so God, I know it's so easy for us to make excuses, so easy for us to want to constantly stay busy. But my prayer, God, and my hope, God, is that we would see that you are a God who has made rest a priority so you can set a pattern for us to follow. So may we just set weekly times in our life for us to rest.
times that we can unplug, times that we can just replenish, times that we can just remember that you are a God who's called us to do this, that we're not being lazy, we're not being wasteful, but instead we are restoring ourselves so that we can live our lives the way that you've called us to live. So may we take time to rest. May we take time to be replenished by you. And may we do this for our good, but most importantly, for your glory. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen.